Hello, this is Joshua Mack from Cornerstone Bible Church, and we're talking marriage, and specifically we're talking about how to be a good friend to your spouse. I would guess that most people think that friendship is important, and uh, certainly most people who get married think that it's important to have a good friendship with your spouse. But unfortunately, while many people would say this is good, this is important, many of those same people are very lonely. Why? What are some reasons it is difficult to have a good friendship in marriage? One reason, of course, is ignorance. Uh, Many people don't know what a biblical friend is. When we talk about friendship in marriage, we're not talking about someone who meets your needs all the time and who makes you feel exactly how you wish you could feel. Instead, really, we're talking about looking at your spouse and saying, Jesus, you gave me this person. You put this person in my life to pursue and to lay my life down for, to consider their interests above my own for your glory. Lord, teach me how to be a good friend of them. Another reason people struggle with friendship and marriage is just lack of examples. One of the ways we learn is by watching, and some of us have not ever seen really a a good example of what it means to be a a biblical friend, and specifically a, a biblical friend to your spouse. And because all we've seen are bad examples and we don't do the work of identifying what is bad about those examples and changing, sometimes we just follow in the pattern that was laid out for us. And just like it didn't work for them, it, shocker, shocker, doesn't really work for us either. Another reason, a, a big reason why people struggle is a selfishness. And this is one that is obvious but strangely not obvious. We can easily see selfishness in others, but it's very difficult for us to see selfishness in us. And one reason for that, of course, is because that's just how selfishness works. But another reason for that is because we live in a world where pretty much the number one religion is the worship of self. And the worship of self is promoted all around us. And it's sometimes so infiltrated the way we think about everything, even down to the way we think about love. It's important for those of us who are believers to just come face to face with the fact that the path of following Christ is a radically different kind of life, leads us to a radically different kind of life than the world around us. One of my favorite verses to bring up in premarital counseling actually is where Jesus says, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it, which is shocking. You grab hold of this life and you try to save your life. What ends up happening is you lose it. You lay your life down. You, you, you give up your life. What ends up happening is you find it. That's true just as a general principle, but it's certainly true when it comes to marriage. If you are going to have a good friendship, you are going to have to turn from this pursuit of self, the protection of self, 
and you're going to have to be willing to lay your life down for the good of others and specifically the good of your spouse, which uh, sounds crazy to a, a lot of unbelievers, but in in the Bible, this is the new norm. In fact, uh, if we think about the way the Bible defines love, it's almost like God takes us by the hand as Christians and leads us to the cross and shows us Jesus dying there on our on our behalf, in our place, suffering as our substitute, crying out in agony and saying, this, this is what defines love. And he doesn't want us simply to look up at Jesus and be amazed by the way in which he loved us. He takes it one more step and he says, basically, go and do likewise. Jesus has loved you like this. Now you love one another the way Jesus loved you. And, and and really, we can just bear in on that a little more. Like, what does that actually look like? And we can do that because Paul tells us. In uh, Philippians chapter 2, Paul describes what this Christ-like life looks like. It looks like this. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And it's like, wow. Jesus had rights, obviously. He is God. And yet, he deliberately chose to lay aside that right. To He, he laid aside the independent use of his attributes, to put it in a real theological way. But he humbled himself. And became a man for our good. And Paul says, that's how you are to relate to one another. And certainly that is how you are to relate to your spouse. So to make it real practical, we might say, I, I have a right, I guess, in quotes, to, to be comfortable, a, a right to, for my life to, to be pleasurable. I'm, I'm not exactly sure that's as much of a right as we might assume it is, but Let's just, for the sake of argument, say that is something that is a, a right. As Christians, what do we do? We, we, we want to have the mind of Christ. And what does that mean? We lay aside that right. And we humble ourselves. We say, no, it's not about me being comfortable right now. No, it's not about, it's all about, not all about my pleasure. I lay aside that right. And I follow the path of Jesus and I sacrifice my comfort and I sacrifice my pleasure for your good. Now, that, that is a radically different way of looking at relationships than the one that is normal uh, for the people around us. And because selfishness is is so common sometimes our selfishness goes undetected and because selfishness 
goes undetected. We don't repent of it. And we live such self-centered lives. And as a result, we really struggle to be good friends to our spouse. Another reason people struggle to be good friends to their spouse is a fear, uh, a, a lack of of trust and then maybe you could add to that shame hiding from one another because we're afraid of what will happen if the other person knows us and knows us as we really are i think there was someone who said something like what i want most in life is to really be known and what i fear most in life is to really be known and uh, certainly that fear that lack of trust is a major hindrance to, to friendship. Paul Tripp, uh, he asks a number of questions to kind of poke around and see how you're doing when it comes to uh, trusting one another in your marriage relationship. He says, is there more unity, understanding, and love in your marriage now than there ever has been? Are you attentive to what your spouse sees as important? Do you make excuses for failures to do what you've promised? Or are you ready to confess? Do you listen well to your spouse and act on what you've heard? Do you follow through with mutually agreed upon plans? Do you work together on planning and scheduling priorities? Or do you demand that the other do it your way? Do you share with your spouse your thoughts, desires, hopes, dreams, and concerns? Or is it easier for you to be quiet or to share it with someone else? Is there any evidence that you've withdrawn from the other in protective distance? Do you carry wrongs around with you or do you trust one another to confront and confess? Do you ever wonder what the other person is doing when not with you in a negative way? Is your marriage partner the best friend in your life or has your dream of this kind of companionship evaporated? Do you say things to other people about your spouse that you've not communicated to him or her? Do you look forward to sharing times together when you have those times? Are they peaceful and enjoyable? Do you ever fear that you're being manipulated or taken advantage of in any way? Do you ever wonder if your spouse cares for themselves more than they care for you? Now, of course, what he's doing in those questions is investigating. Do these people trust one another? But he's also helping us see what it looks like to trust one another, to experience real unity. And obviously, if you're struggling in your friendship, one reason might be because that trust has broken down and you're not enjoying intimacy. Another reason people struggle with friendship is busyness. Busyness can make friendship difficult. And it would be easy for us sometimes to leave it there. Well, we're just too busy or we're practically, we're just too tired to be very good friends. But no, no, don't leave it there. You have to explore what is the reason for that busyness? Is it worldliness? Is it misplaced priorities, actually? Is it greed? Is it poor planning? We don't make plans to have time together. What is actually going on? Funny, uh, one reason we struggle so often is because we say something's important, but we don't really live like it's important. So we have this list where we would say, this is what we believe. We believe that we should really be good friends with our spouse. But then we look at our habits of life, the actual day-to-day habits of life. 
And we would say, we would look at those habits and say, no, those habits don't match up with what we say we believe is important. We say, oh, I, I believe that it would be better to have a little less money and have a, a good relationship with your spouse. But the habit of life, our habits, we make choices completely on the basis of money. Or we would say, oh, what's important, what's really valuable is for a unity and joy. That is important. But we look at the habits of our life and maybe it's actually my kid being really good at sports is actually the way we live our life. That is clear. That's what we actually believe. And so we have to examine the habits of our life like being so busy and ask, well, what does this level of busyness reveal about what I really believe. I say I believe this, but my lifestyle reveals I believe something else. And of course, if you're not actually believing what the Bible says is true, and you're living according to a whole different set of beliefs, then you shouldn't be surprised that you end up the same place everybody else does. and, And yet sometimes, because we don't make that connection, we kind of feel like, Hey, the Bible doesn't work. No, the Bible works. God is telling you the truth. The, the, the problem is that you're not living according to it. You're not willing to make the sacrifices to actually live the way the Bible is calling you to live. Another reason, of course, why people struggle uh, in marriage is poor communication, poor handling of conflict, uh, a, lack of, a lack of carefulness when it comes to, to one's words. You can tear down a friendship very quickly when you're not speaking to one another in a God-honoring way. And unfortunately, all too often in our families, what's happened is that we have developed this long pattern of really ungodly communication. And, and it's such a pattern that every day when we wake up, we're, we're violating what the Bible says about how we are to speak to one another. And uh, what's happening is just what the Bible says would happen when we speak to each other in these sinful kinds of ways. We're tearing down what should instead be built up. And so to develop a, a good friendship, you need to look at, at your life and ask, well, what are, what are some of the reasons we're struggling to have the kind of friendship God wants us to be. Is it ignorance? Do we need to study what the Bible says about friendship? Is it uh, a lack of example? Do we need to develop uh, relationships with other people where we could just see, oh, okay, this is what it means to be a good friend? Is it the enshrined self? Is it the fact that we just flat out worship ourselves? And so uh, for us to do anything that requires sacrifice is just almost unthinkable. I mean, even doing something like uh, watching a sport sports game when we don't like sports or going to the mall and looking at clothes when we don't like to go to the mall and look at clothes, that just becomes this really almost unbearable sacrifice when that's not even really a sacrifice at all. And yet we just worship ourselves. Is it the fact that uh, we just um, don't trust one another? If you're going to develop a good friendship, you need to identify why you are struggling to be good friends with one another. And then, of course, you need to repent of what it is exactly that's keeping you from enjoying that 
friendship. Sometimes the first step to cleaning something up is taking out the trash. And many people really don't know how to take out the trash in their relationship. And as a result, they really struggle to ever become good friends. Paul Tripp describes how many people end up in his counseling room. He says, they get married and they're immature and they're sinners and they don't treat each other as well as they could. And instead of dealing with the sin biblically, they develop these patterns of responding to each other, getting angry, becoming bitter, growing quiet, whatever. And slowly but surely, their affection for one another is diminishing and they start criticizing one another more. And instead of responding to those criticisms in a way that honors God, they develop these defenses and they argue and argue. And all this arguing obviously sucks the joy out of their relationship and they stop liking being around one another. And after a while, it just gets so much, they're overwhelmed and disappointed and they start looking at other couples and thinking they have it so much better or other spouses and they think, wow, I wish my spouse would be like that. And they start dreaming of getting out of the relationship. And maybe it's at that point that they finally drag each other to counseling. And so obviously a big part of becoming friends is learning what it looks like biblically to confess sin and what it looks like biblically to forgive it. Then besides knowing what good friendship is and identifying what's keeping you from that and confessing your sin and working on building trust, you're going to need to make specific plans to build your friendship with one another. It's going to take work. One simple place you can start is by having a regular time to talk. Every week, every day, really. What can you talk about? You can share what you're learning. Hopefully you are learning and you can share with your spouse. What is it that God's teaching you? You can share what you're happy about, what you're sad about. You can share what you're worried about, what you're excited about. You can pick one area of your family life and discuss how you think that area is going and ways in which you think that area can improve. You can share prayer requests and pray with one another. You could talk about personal goals and family goals. Sometimes you need to uh, watch and learn when does the other person uh, feel most free to to talk. I know this is uh, a different kind of example, but uh, I knew of one father who uh, he he had a quieter son. And uh, his son, for some reason, would really open up when his dad took him on a drive. Other times he was really super quiet, but when his dad took him on a drive, all of a sudden his dad, he would start talking. And so what do you think that dad did in order to be a good friend with his son? He would often take him on drives. And so you might look at, look at your lives and look at one another and think about when do we, when do we feel freest to talk? And uh, it might be that that means going on a walk. It might mean That means going out to a coffee shop. It certainly is going to mean that you need quiet time with one another. This is one of the reasons why we were really structured, pretty structured when we had younger children. And we made sure they got to bed early, uh, really pretty early, 730. And it wasn't that hard to establish that as a pattern. And all, all it really took was meaning it you know, saying what you mean and meaning what you say. And so because they knew it was time to go down at 7.30 and uh, that's how we live. They went down at 7.30 joyfully and that gave us a good hour, hour and a half, two hours to be able to talk with one another. Now, obviously the kids are older and so we have to do things differently. But if you're going to be a good friend to your spouse, you need a regular time to talk. Two, you should have a time of worshiping God together. Uh, 
one of the ways you pursue friendship is by getting your eyes off of yourself and onto God. And uh, so how do you how do you do that? You should have a time to read and study the Bible together on a regular basis. That's a just a start. You should discuss spiritual problems and truths with one another. Maybe uh, ask your spouse what they're reading and what they're learning from what they're reading. Make a habit out of sharing what God is teaching you with one another. Uh, When you have a personal problem, a sin that you're struggling with, bring it to your spouse. Ask, Ask them to help you think it through. Make a plan not only to uh, talk and to worship God together, make a plan to have uh, fun with one another. You might identify friends that you both enjoy and seek to spend time with those couples on a regular basis. You might identify recreational activities that you both enjoy and make plans to do those together. You might find out what the other person really enjoys and make plans to do that with them. You might, uh, every few months, uh, find an adventure for you two to pursue together. One uh, year, uh, a number of years ago, Marta and I decided that we were going to go away once a quarter. So I think once every three months, we would just take one night away, uh, the two of us. And that was easier to do when we lived in South Africa, honestly, because it was cheaper there, <laughs> a lot cheaper. And, and, and we would go away, not very far away, but we would spend one night away. And man, I still, it's crazy. We were only able to do it that one year, but I still look back on that year as one of the best years, one of the most fun years, uh, one of the uh, one of the years that God used to draw us even closer together. So, regular plans, sacrifices, pushing yourself to uh, get out of your comfort zone and have fun with one another is is beyond obviously 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 beyond worth it and then of course uh, if you're going to be good friends learn to demonstrate your concern for one another through uh, verbal and physical affection act like act like lovers act like friends if you think about song of songs the book of song of songs is a funny book to be in the bible at first but it's about a husband and a wife and it's teaching us something about how the husband-wife relationship is to be even after the Garden of Eden. And one of the things, if you read the Song of Songs, that you see very clearly is that the husband and wife express their delight in one another verbally. They express their desire for the other person. They express their love for the other person. They tell the other person they're beautiful. They compare the other person to others favorably. They express wholehearted commitment to the other person. They encourage the other person to come to them and enjoy physical intimacy. And they express delight in that physical intimacy. And that's just a a sampling of what they do in that book. It's obvious that they worked on expressing their love for one another. And if we're going to be good friends to our spouse, if we're going to experience oneness, We need to work on expressing our love and desire for one another in creative ways. Listen to how C.J. Mahaney puts it. This will be where we'll end. But he says, so let's try to bring this home a little. How many times in the past week or month 
Have you spoken to your wife in ways that she found to be romantically and perhaps, uh, well, romantic? (laughs) Now, what are the things that would hold you back from doing this on a regular basis? What are the issues in your own heart that would prevent you? Uh, What keeps you from speaking this way to your wife or to your husband? He says, well, let's try on a few for size. Many, maybe one of them will fit. I'm not sure it really matters to her. Wrong. <laughs> Remember, thanks be to God, our wives aren't wired like men. The spoken word can be as alluring, provocative, and enticing to your wife as any visual stimulation you experience with her. Well, I, I'm not sure that he has to talk about the way men and women are wired there, but uh, everyone really can benefit from spoken words. Another uh Another excuse someone might say, I don't think I can come up with anything. He says, it might not be the easiest thing you've ever done, but if you'll humble yourself and ask God for help, he's eager to give you that simple but effective phrase to say to your wife. The first such phrase will begin to break down the barriers of pride and self-absorption that hinder you. The second phrase will be easier. Then you're on your way. It just seems silly. But it doesn't have to. Find out what's genuine and works for you and for your spouse. You you don't need to imitate some specific style. You don't need to be Shakespeare. You don't even need to be Solomon. But you should definitely follow the example given us in the Song of Songs by thinking about ways that you can express with words and actions, how much you love your spouse. And as you do that, you and your wife or you and your husband are going to be drawn into a deeper and more satisfying relationship and friendship, which is one of the purposes of marriage. If you're going to have a marriage that honors God and is good for you, you need to go back to God's blueprint. What is marriage for? Well, marriage is for more than friendship, but it's definitely for friendship which is amazing that God would give us this opportunity. It's a gift, but it's also a responsibility. It can take work to be a good friend to your spouse. What are you going to do? How are you going to work at being your spouse's best friend? If uh, you agree that friendship is important, Prove that you think friendship is important by making friendship with your spouse one of your main priorities.